Hey there, this is Carrie Schaefer, also known as author Carrie Ann King, and you are listening to Tell Me Your Secrets, where I get to take you off the page with the people who make the books we all love to read. Tell Me Your Secrets is produced from live stream video and is owned and copyrighted by Authors on the Air Global Radio Broadcasting Network. Hey everybody, this is Carrie Schaefer, also sometimes known as Carrie Ann King, and you are watching or listening to Tell Me Your Secrets. So today is extra fun and kind of a little impromptu actually, because we just set this up um, <laughs> yesterday, I think. So I emailed Terry and I said, hey, what are you doing tomorrow? And she said, not I'm much. <laughs> so... I want to introduce you to Terry Clark Linden, who is an amazing person just as a human being for starters, uh, which is, you. yeah, always awesome. And she also has narrated um, a bunch of my Carrie Ann King books, and yeah. we have collaborated on my uh, independent Carrie Schaefer novels. We're going to talk about all this a little bit. Um, but first of all, I want to introduce to you the lovely Terry Clark Linden. Oh, hi. <laughs> thank you. I'm so excited. This is, this is my first one of these, and thank you so much for like it's so it's so educational <laughs> we were talking before you know about like i'm like what is this platform you're on and how did you set this up and yeah, yeah. So i'm in the booth because we're all in the house my husband dave and my son sam is in ninth grade and so just to make sure that you know there's no my husband's constantly on the phone conference calls or just, you know, anything happening. I thought, I'm just going to sit in the little TARDIS and have <laughs> total privacy. Well, which so. is really awesome. And since you already brought that up, for those of you who are watching, and if you're listening, I'm sorry you don't get to see this, but I always had a bunch of curiosity. You know, in our minds, we're like, oh, the sound booth, it's going to look like really fancy. Like when you yeah. see on a on a movie and it's like, you know, mu music recording studio and all that. And I was Yeah, just, well, some are. Yeah, some are. Do you want to just move your camera around a little bit and show everybody what yeah. your booth looks like um, there? So, and let's see. Uh, so there's, and there's still my big face. There's uh, the <laughs> microphone. Yeah. And then, and then behind that, uh, if you could see the the monitor back here. Yeah, right. This big monitor. Um, let's turn it on. You can see. Uh, there we go. Yeah. Okay. So that. Yeah. And then actually what the laptop is sitting on is um, uh, an old beatbox. <laughs> uh, so, but that's where I usually keep my iPad. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I narrate from, I annotate. Um, yeah, and it's real small. So, and then up here, this is kind of fun. My son, when he was really little, he, uh, he made that sign. Oh, bang <laughs> Banghead yeah, here. H-E-A-R, which I, I think that was a mistake. I don't think he realized like how acoustics hear audio, how actually, you know, cool that is because it makes sense. But yeah, so that's when I get stressed out. Um, I can bang my head there or any of the studio foam that's, um, you know, that's around, but it's real tiny. You can see there's a little glass uh, behind me here right. on the door, but it's real small. So did you, you know, did you guys build it yourself? Did you put the studio, did you put the foam up in there or did? 
so uh, that was that all came with this. This is um, there's like different companies now that um, you know sell these. They're prefabbed and they okay. come kind of on a big semi and flatbed uh, truck and panels all wrapped up. Um, but at the time when I got this, which was about 2013, there weren't a lot of companies because you know the audiobook business wasn't what it was then, you know, as to what it is now kind of supply and demand thing. So this is a whisper room. And I was told at the time, a lot of um, like news correspondents when they're um, uh, doing work from, you know, on site, like the Olympics and stuff, this is what they build. So they have these so that they can, you know, work um, on site. So it's a whisper room. And it's, I think this one is about eight by six feet. Um, my husband and I put it together and we survived that. I think that was a kind of a test. That would be a test. Yeah. Marriage. Um, he's, he's amazing. He's, he's incredibly, um, he just, he fixes stuff and I've never had to call an IT person in almost 20 years or a plumber or anything. I mean, it's like, you'll sit there and just, oh, that two wet dry vacs, not one, but two, you know, um, just anything. And so he, he's really great, but still it was, it was heavy hauling everything upstairs. Oh, and, yeah, sure. You know, yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. It was just, I was curious because as I, um, as I started looking a little more seriously into podcasting, I discovered that, you know, a lot of people do a lot of work to make their environment, even just for podcasting, a little more sound friendly. So you, um, can, you can buy that soundproofing foam. There are people right. who actually apparently get into bed and do their podcasting under the covers because there's yeah, no, no that's great. There. That's that's actually and there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, Pat Fraley, who is my friend and I came to know him as his student and I'm still, I consider one, you know, he's my master teacher. Uh, he's out in LA and he'd go to his garage and he would just record stuff under, um, a quilt or a blanket. And he's somebody right. who's like one of the top, um, talent teachers out in Los Angeles. Right. Um, also I was, I found out recently, I I've been doing a lot of listening and watching other people's webinars and, and educational and, um, things kind of in my field voiceover, mm-hmm. uh, SAG after does a lot with, you know, film TV, um, uh, just webinars, interviews with people. But I was, there's SOVAS, H-S-O-V-A-S, which is a society of voice arts and sciences. And they're doing um, this wonderful uh, free one of these every Thursday night. And um, the person they were interviewing said, oh yeah, car. I think it was, yeah, it was a car. You know, sit in a car uh, with upholstered um, fabric seats oh. and it's very good acoustics. And I, it reminded me, like, I've, I've talked to a lot of, um, I've heard a lot of people like out in LA and they get, you know, you, more in LA, you get a lot of, uh, more voice auditions that, than I get here in Ohio. Um, but I'm in Yellow Springs, Ohio, by the way, <laughs> I don't know where the heck I am, floating TARDIS. Um, but they, they, you know, they'll just, they'll just run something off in their car. And I, I know someone who booked a huge job just from doing an audition on her iPhone in her car. So, wow, you know, well, you don't, you don't need all this really. But, well, um, you, I think though it's different if you're narrating a whole audiobook. Because well, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it is. I, I have to say, I just, you know, just for fun, I recorded um, myself reading one chapter of yeah, um, one did. of my Korean. That was awesome. <laughs> one of my Korean King books. It was not easy. You know, you think, oh, it's just, you know, they, there's, 
it's reading, right? It's not easy. And and you get tired and your voice gets tired. How do you, you yeah. know, how many, how many hours a day do you work? Um, so that's a good question. I, I usually shoot for um, anywhere between two and three per finished hours of recording. So that's um, with no uh, mistakes because we, what we, we call it uh, rolling along. We punch edit, we punch roll on the software that I use, which is Pro Tools, which is kind of standard in mm-hmm. audiobook um, world and narrating. And so, you know, it's one per finished hour. Um, and to do one per finished hour, it usually takes me anywhere from uh, 90 minutes to two hours. So I am usually working anywhere from four to six hours. But because it's at home, um, I get up to pee. I get up to go scoop the poop out of the yard. Shepherds. I get distracted by emails. I go eat and watch Young and the Restless. I mean, yeah, I, you know, it's like I just, you know, and then I've got life. You know, oh, I've got to go pick Sam up at school. Okay. Not oh, so much well, anymore. Wait, wait, wait. I'm I'm way backtracking. I, I have so Young and the Restless. Like seriously, this is still around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's one of my guilty pleasures. Um, so it also, I think it's like comfort food. It right. reminds me of um, time spent with my grandmother. I was really close to my grandmother, um, who I called Nana, and she uh, passed away um, in 2003. But she's the that was her that was her play. She called them plays, and she introduced me to that when I was visiting one summer when I was 14. Um, and Phyllis, played by Michelle Stafford, Phyllis was her favorite character, and, and she's my favorite character. And so, you know, it's I guess somehow I kind of feel close to Nana when I'm when I'm watching um, Y and R. You know, the only the only time I ever got hooked on a soap um, was when I I was in school actually, and I was at uh, in the in a dorm, and after class we all used to congregate in the in a lobby and everybody watched a soap opera and that that was um i got hooked on it for a while yeah, <laughs> right. yeah they are and well the thing they're is very too, addictive they're well ad- like intentionally um you can literally step away and come back you know a year later and you can just pick it right up um, <laughs> i i i i say this all the time the some of the best actors it's the best um acting is on soap operas because uh, it's it moves very fast. The set mm-hmm. moves very fast, right. and it's um, so many words, and a lot of it is exposition. And they're getting yeah. fresh pages the day that All they're the recording, time. and it moves yeah. so quickly. Um, and you know, not to knock the writing, but the writing isn't always the the greatest, easiest. You know, you you just have to say the words. You can't try to put anything <laughs> on. I did I did a class once, and. And I got this script from One Life to Live and the very end, and I went through the whole scene and it was fine. And the very end, I had to say, why, Bo, why? And I couldn't say those words without being like, why, Bo, why? I was like, just say it, why, Bo? And my teacher who'd been on a soap opera, he was like, you just have to say the words. Stop trying to like, you know, put emotion on it. And I, right. I think it's really, I mean, the actors are just, the the volume of what they do. It's it's like- It's, it's impressive. It's I, I think- intense. Yeah. Yeah. Their memories must be really fantastic. Well, yeah, right, right. Um, so while we're talking about this, though, I do have a question. So have you been um, in any movies or anything on your way, you know, along? Um, my just, way, yeah. 
<laughs> it's like I see you as doing this now. Like this is so important because it's books. Books yeah. matter. Right. Some well, and you're an author extraordinaire, you know. So oh. like books, yeah. Yeah. So um, yeah. <laughs> let me rephrase that. Have you been in any movie? I know on my way. <laughs> be in a movie. <laughs> um, yes, I have. So I I actually um you know, uh, theater was my, my foray into acting. Um, and I then out of college was like, well, I just have to do anything to work, you know, just any job that came along. Um, right. were, so were, that, you a, were you a, were you a waitress? Uh, at any point? That, that, <laughs> here we go. Wait. So we're going to go for movies. It's going to be a full circle moment here. Okay. Let me just say, that the most recent film I appear in is Dark Waters, which um, is about, I consider him an, a, a true American hero, Rob Balot, who spent 20 years of his life, uh, he's a corporate defense lawyer in Cincinnati. So here it's like a neighbor of where I live in Ohio. Um, he's the one who brought to light, made DuPont responsible for the C-18, I think it's C-18, the chemicals in mm -hmm. Teflon. Oh yeah. yeah, it's pretty much yeah, all of that. Remember that in like in the late two thousands when that mm -hmm. news hit. So this guy spent like twenty years of his life, um, you know, researching this and fighting with you know corporate uh, Dupont to get them accountable for this and to pull it. You know, it was in everything, our carpets and and all that. So the movie's called Dark Waters, and Mark Ruffalo um, produced it, and he stars as Rob Lott and Anne Hathaway's in it, and Tim Robbins, and, wow. <laughs> and so I, I, I got to work with, um, Anne Hathaway and Tim Robbins, um, in a, a scene, which is mostly what I do, it's, they're called day players, and you kind of, you know, you step in, uh, and you do your job, and then you go home, you know, and it's like a one to two day stint. Um, but yeah, so I play a, a neurologist. And um, and so what I was going to say full circle about that is that I, I when I was in Chicago, uh, that's where I went to, I went to college at Roosevelt University in Chicago. And um, for three years, I waited tables at Ed DeBevix. And Ed DeBevix was uh, set to look like an old-fashioned 50s diner. And the wait staff were all the actors, writers, creatives, improvisers, mostly those people. And we all had personas. Um, mine was Wilma because I had the red hair and I love the Flintstones. So I went by <laughs> Wilma and we all these old fashioned um, uh, uniforms and we got to be sassy with right. the customers. Oh, how fun. Yeah. And that was like why I lasted three years at that job because I, I waited tables a long time, but like, I just, I, it wasn't, you know, I was like, but this was fun. And I, I have a lot of friends um, still to this day from that job. So I found out recently that um, David Schwimmer from Friends, because he's from Chicago too, uh -huh. he also waited tables at Ed DeBevix. Oh. Not when I was there, didn't, didn't, <laughs> our paths didn't cross, but there was an Ed DeBevix in Beverly Hills and Mark Ruffalo worked at Ed DeBevix in Beverly Hills. And I was like, you know, why couldn't I have known this <laughs> when I was in makeup and I never know what to say. I never, you know, I'm just like, hi, um, I'm your neurologist. And later in the day, Mark Ruffalo, he asked me something. He goes, oh, I thought you really were a neurologist. Like he thought I was being serious when I said that. So I was wow, like, yeah, good I was acting. Like, foot and mouth. I know. I never know what to say. Um, but yeah, so that, you know, it's kind of, yes, I did wait tables. And most recently I've been in dark waters. And, awesome. Yeah. 
So do you, do you have a favorite? This is my last movie star question. We're moving back to audio. <laughs> I love you say movie star. That's really kind. Oh, <laughs> well, but it's true. Do you have like a favorite? You know, I get fangirly about a few writers that I, you know, get really excited oh, about yeah, that are so yeah. awesome. Is there like one person that you got to work with that was like over the top for you? Like, wow, I got to meet so-and-so or. Oh, wow. Um, gosh, I. It's so funny. I get that way. I get fangirly about everybody and I just have to just keep it totally uh, together. Um, I, I've worked, you know, I got to work with Viola Davis before the help came out, you know, it's, it's like, so that was really amazing. And she was so totally cool and nice. Um, I, I, you know, working with Tim Robbins was, was pretty neat because, um, he's, uh, you know, he's Shawshank Redemption. He's right, just amazing. Yeah. Um, and he's this towering presence. He's six, five. Oh, really? Uh, and, and, and I, I'm in makeup and I see him sitting there and, um, I just kind of lean over and I was like, Hey, uh, just, you know, I'm, I'm Terry, I'm playing this role. And, and, uh, I worked with your, your sister, um, a million years ago in a play <laughs> in Chicago. And it's like, his face just, you just lit right up. He, and he was like, you did. Aww. And the next thing I know, he like gets up, he gives me a hug and he takes his phone and he, he puts it in front of us and he's like, here, let's take a selfie and I'll send it Aww. to her, you know? And, and it was just, and it was just really, it was like a full circle moment, you know? That's it was really awesome. cool. So yeah. So that was really neat. That, that's really fun. I, I love that. It, it's just a reminder. And actually, I didn't ask you this question, so I need to now. So it's kind of funny, actually, because before Terry and I got on, she was just a little bit, I've never done this before. I don't know what to expect. And I was I like, know. you work in movies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm so like... <laughs> just casual but my viking always says this thing he says that no matter how famous you are or how rich or how whatever you got to put your pants on one leg at a time yeah well and if you eat enough chocolate well actually i'm not gonna finish that one because we are live but um (laughs) it's like um so i am gonna ask you terry when you put your pants on are you a right leg or a left leg first person oh that's i've never thought of that I, I don't know. I have yeah, no I know. idea. I, me either. I'm going to think of it, though. Um, I'm going to think of it tomorrow when I put my yeah. pants on. Well, and yeah. then you can let me know later. So we have questions <laughs> for you that Yay. people asked at the beginning that I need to get to. And there are ones, things that I want to do, too. So um, somebody wanted to know, Robin wanted to know, well, she asked if you'd done any acting. And we've answered that question. But um, did you do radio at all before doing audiobooks? She oh, that's know. a great question. Um, I didn't do radio in the sense of having a show or being a DJ or anything, but I did and I still do uh, commercials. So I kind of my my microphone, um, how to be um, behind a microphone, how to manipulate it for sound and effect, um, all of that stuff. It came from doing um a lot of commercials and then also uh I guess you'd call it e-learning now, but kind of back in the day when you'd actually I'd have to go into people's studios and there was no internet. Um I, I sound like back in the day, there was no internet and we just used cups with a string. You know, um I, I, I would, it's corporate narration. So like the in-house, you know, kind of guides, training, stuff like that. Um, and so I, I did a lot of that stuff, which is very much like reading. Um, it was an easy transition into nonfiction books, uh, 
you know, or self-help or stuff like that, because a lot of that instructional corporate stuff. Um, So yeah, yeah, radio in that sense. Um, Yeah. Well, very cool. Thank you. And then, um, you know, you just did this. This is a great segue because you just did this awesome voice. I I love that. The, and I'm killing myself laughing about that because it's the whole, well, when I was young, I know, we I walked to school through. I, I know. I have one of those stories. I do. We, we did. I mean, I was in Michigan when there was snow. That's where I grew up. And I would trudge where you literally had to like lift one leg up out of the snow to, to just even take a step. Yeah. Get to the bus stop. My toes are frozen. And the rule of thumb was if the bus is 15 minutes late, you get to go home. And that right. bus would every time it would come, you know, it's like uh, 14 minutes <laughs> and 58 seconds. And there's the bus. Um, so, yeah, I, I and yeah. I've, I've got to like watch my sub references, too, you know, because I'm like I'm I'm talking about you know, the Rockford files or something. And people are like, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, here, I, I also remember though with the cold. So there's my little cold story. So, you know, we didn't have a bus. So somebody drove us cause we lived, we lived way out of town. And um, anyway, <laughs> if, if it was cold enough that the buses couldn't run, however, and the school was closed, like, 30 degrees usually below zero it would have to be Fahrenheit for that to happen then we went home and went skating and sledding oh (laughs) right (laughs) you know there was not that much to do inside we didn't have the internet we didn't have the uh internet games or you know online stuff although yeah yeah. Yeah. so anyway you go out until you froze and then came in and warmed up that's right and everything was dripping wet so how did you learn to do these different character voices? I'm always curious about that too. Like when you narrate my books, you yeah. know, you do this wonderful job of, of finding a different voice for each character. And yeah. how, how do you do that? So it's training. Um, that's the first part of it. Um, I went to college for a theater degree. That's the only way my dad was going to get me to college. And I'm lucky. I'm really privileged. I'm blessed and lucky. And I feel totally privileged that I have that base now. I'm um, So I, you know, the, the acting training um, came in. That's part of it. So you, because in acting, you're always doing different voices depending on who you are. I mean, it, you know, and, um, and then um, I, I've always been like, my dream would be go out to LA and try to, even at my age, try to do a character cartoon and, and all of that. I just, I love it. Um, love why, I mean, I, now I, I can hardly get my son to watch a, a cartoon movie with me, but I mean, you know, until he was in high school, it just, let's watch cartoons. I mean, we still do with Bob's burger. <laughs> let's watch that Simpsons. Um, and, and then, um, I, when I started doing stuff from home in the late 2000s, um, and I, that's when I, I got to, I started training with Pat Fraley in LA. And so I, you know, he would, I'd went out to LA or he'd come to Chicago and I go back to Chicago and take his character voice workshops. Um, and working with, uh, Pamela Lewis, who is a character, uh, voiceover from New York. Um, and it's, and I, I teach sometimes I, I, I'll, teach beginning people who are just interested in it. Um, or my favorite is kids, you know, I'll go to my son's school and they'll have career day and I'll work with middle schoolers on just basic, uh, you know, basic placements. So it's kind of like you have a base 
um, five different places where you can put your voice and then you build from there. Um, I pretty much, when I'm reading a book, I think about uh, somebody as that person, like doing that role. So it might be like, oh, this is like um, Alice and Janney doing CJ Craig in West Wing. And then I do what I call bad impressions of them. (laughs) Not that I try to do a bad impression, but it's just, that's, you know, it's just me trying to adopt the attitude, um, the vocal tone, uh, pitch, all of that. And then the the general attitude um, point of view of that person. Um, and then it's different for audiobooks because you can't, you know, I did like that, you know, hey, this voice, you, know, <laughs> you, can't, you can't do that in an audiobook. I wouldn't be able to sustain it, first of all, but right. unless it's like a children's book or something, um, you know, it, it's just audio is such a, audiobooks are such a, a specific nuance and they're so intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, I had, I had a friend, um, hi, Michelle, I know you're listening. <laughs> she um, is, she's here. <laughs> she, was, <laughs> she, she was listening to uh, Dead Before Dying, your Dead Before Dying. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, I was listening to it in bed and it was all of a sudden like it creeped her out because she's <laughs> laying in bed and it's like, and we're hockey moms together. So she, hear, you know, <laughs> and she's hearing in, you know, my voice in her head. And she said, it was like creepy to try to get used to that. But it is, it's such an intimate medium that you can't yeah. just, I can't just tell a story. And then all of a sudden, you know, go into this person here, right. you know, it's like, you're going to be like, well, that's a cartoon now. Yeah. You know? yeah. So it's yeah. all, you know, yeah. nuance and subtlety. Okay. And, and yeah. that makes sense. It's interesting because when you first, um, when you sent me a test narration um, for Maureen for our first book we did, uh, Dead Before Dying, I said, I like it, but um, oh, it's, yeah. it's not, you know, she's a little darker than that or yeah it wasn't a snarkier I can't remember what I said she's a tough old bird Maureen and you said oh I can drop it a little and I didn't know what you meant but then you did it (laughs) (laughs) right right so right and I always that's just great to be able to get um because it's it's rare to get feedback like that um, anymore from an author, directors are obsolete unless, unless I do know people who have done this and I've not done it yet, but, um, you know, you hire a director and, and you, just like you're saying, you know, it's like, oh, okay, well I have this idea for, um, you know, these characters, this is a story, this is what I'm thinking about for voices and let me send you a sample. Um, because I mean, when I first started doing this, I was living in Michigan and I was driving two and a half hours to Grand Haven, where Brilliance Audio is located. And I was going into their studios and working with uh, an engineer who was doing all of the recording and then working with a director um, who'd also prepped and read the script and was there to kind of, you know, keep me on track and uh, with energy, um, you know, and and pronunciations and things like that. And now, um, you know, I, I wear all these hats myself Um, so it's nice when I can get feedback like that. Um, otherwise, I mean, you know, you, you do like, like when we work through the audiobook exchange, ACX on Audible, Mm -hmm. um, and they do say, you know, put up a 15 minute sample, but that doesn't always, um, give you, you know, like for every voice, for every character or scene or feeling. And so, um, a lot of authors on that platform, they'll do auditions and they'll have specific scenes because they want to hear, right. um, you know, uh, if you, you're the right energy, right voice. 
Um, yeah. Right. Well, and we'd worked for, to work together before. So um, yeah. when, when Terry yeah. and I decided to come together and do the Shadow Valley books, actually, I it was Terry's idea, I believe. Like, yeah, I, I think I, you I hit me I up. You. I did. Yeah, I did. I was like, oh, you're doing these and they're not on audio. Can I do them? Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. you know, what was really cool about that was um, my books at the time were still, I was trying to get the rights back. Um, to them from uh, a publishing contract that was not uh, optimal for me. And the rights that were still available, the only ones that were still available were audio. So I was like, you know what? Why don't we? Why don't we just do that? I can do that. So we went ahead and we did that. And it was so much fun. I was so excited. They're great stories. I love, I I just, my favorite part about all of them. um, Well, it's the first paranormal genre I've ever narrated. But my favorite part is that the protagonist is what she's six. 60, isn't she turning this, yeah. Yeah, turning 60 this just crass uh you know i mean so basically i i noticed this too if 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 this was set in the uk and yes. they they put it on uh the bbc produced it and it was cast for you know on camera um it it it, it would it's like that's that's where you would see it right. uh because you know they I mean, I, I watch so much um, UK, British, all of that uh, episodics through various streaming platforms. And I mean, majorly their protagonists are my age, right. your age, um, older even, you know, if you believe, you know, <laughs> so, that's saying a lot, um, but, you know, but they're like, you know, over 40, 45 um, and multiple, you know, and, and right. stars of the show. Yeah. So you'll have like four women and they're all, you know, 40 to 75 and they're the main stars of the show. And where is that here? You know, it's, it's still not here. I mean, right. it's not. Um, yeah. So it's, uh, it, I just so appreciate that. It's, right. it's just great. Well, I, I would love for it to be more of a more of a thing here. And so, you know, it's my own little small, it's one reason with these books. When I first wrote them, I was told that I wouldn't be able to probably sell them. And I was like, well, because of the age of the protagonist. And it's like, oh, nobody's interested. Oh, that's yeah. interesting. I wouldn't yeah. think of that for audio. I would think like anything in audio would would go. Well, and that, but that that's wasn't just crazy. audio. That was for the book itself. And, you know, yeah. me, I just kind of, I have a thing about ageism. It really... um well, it pisses me off, frankly. So yeah. I'm just like, yeah, you know what? We're all going to be that age someday if we're lucky. So let's right. start let's start treating everybody good now. They're all everybody's human. Um. So anyway, very fun, and I, I love doing this with you. Now, Terry, we have we have news. I do want to talk about this. So oh. World Tree Girl. Yeah. One reason we're doing this today, World Tree Girl. We've been waiting. It's been extra slow. Terry finished recording it like I don't know six weeks ago, I think, and we yeah, I don't know, a while ago. Along, we've ago. been waiting yeah. and waiting for them to process it and get it ready. Yeah. So finally live. Yeah. So if you um, enjoyed Dead Before Dying, you can now also listen to World Tree Girl, which is awesome. And then there's other really cool news about that. Do you want to talk about the um, the award nomination thing? Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, uh, uh, the, um, it was, uh, oh gosh, I know. <laughs> it's just, Is it I'm audience just, or something? No, no, no. It's an independent, no. independent, um, audio book award. It was called, right. Yeah. You're now festival. Yeah. Um, okay. And, and they're out of Kansas and mm-hmm. God love them. They're going to hold their, um, 
independent audio audio awards uh, virtually cool. this season. And so I think it's June and I, I've never um, attended and I'd never submitted and it kind of came on my, came on my, into my purview last year. I think, think I had a couple of friends who, who went um, narrators and I went, Oh, I should do that. And so, yeah, so I, I, uh, they had a paranormal category. And so I, I sent, um, 20 dead minutes be, right. from dead before dying. Uh, dead before dying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was, um, I was nominated for, uh, one of five, uh, narrators for best, um, paranormal narration for Yay! dead before dying by you. Right. Which is yeah. just like super exciting. Really cool. Yeah. yeah. Really, really cool. So yeah, That's very awesome. exciting. Something to look forward to in this very time much. Of, yeah, I'm, I'm just glad the I'm glad the book is out there. I just yeah. think it's it's great press for the book. You know, it's great press for the story. So right, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. We we have a question yeah. from um actually I think uh, Michelle would like to know um about the various characters and dialect changes. Do you have to work really hard to protect your voice? And I'm going to guess yes. Oh, that's good. My voice got tired just narrating that one chapter. I you know, yeah. How yeah. do you, how um, do you how do you protect your voice? Um, I, so I, first, I think my voice, just like muscles, when we work out our muscles, um, I have a lot of longevity, uh, because I'm using it all the time. Um, and when I'm working, I, I am breathing. I, I have a support, um, like from my singing and acting on stage Mm -hmm. days and everything from the diaphragm muscle. Mm -hmm. Uh, but I'm constantly, uh, hydrating lots of, lots of water, um, I don't drink um, a lot of caffeine, so I don't drink coffee. I stopped that a couple years ago. I do drink black tea, so I'll have a couple cups of that and then maybe mm-hmm. some green tea. But I, I stay away from, um, you know, uh, like if I'm narrated, I wouldn't have green tea. Uh, it dries you out. You know, I, uh, anything with uh, mint or, you know, um, like if you have a cold, the stuff that, what is that, menthol? Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And, and it's tough during, um, not just cold season, but allergy season. And we're right here in Yellow Springs in the Dayton, Ohio area. We're in what's called a sinus Valley, the Miami Valley, uh, horticulture, good word for a narrator. <laughs> Horticulturists have apparently come kind of from all over the place to study what's here. Um, the, the allergies are insane here. And before, um, we were, you know, kind of told stay at home, stay healthy, stay at home. Uh, I just embarked on um, going and having allergens injected into me uh, once a week at a nose and throat place uh, since last October. Um, I test, I did the whole testing, not food, but uh, off the charts high for um, corn dust, which I'm like, corn dust, that's interesting. But because we're just so many cornfields around here, uh, grasses and all of that. And so I went to an ENT uh, last summer because when all of that pops, it's like August through October. And I started to get um, really raspy. Yeah. And I I didn't have a range. Like I couldn't do my, um, you know, hi, I'm Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't do that, let alone sing, right. um, you know, and hit high notes. Um, and it was super frustrating. And first I thought, oh, I'm just hoarse. And then I thought, oh, I must have a cold. And this went on for about a month. Um, and I was like, I can't work. I was narrating through it, but my range was really limited. 
Um, and so I went and I had that scope where they put the camera up your nose um, all the way down. And, and it really, it was, it, you know, it, it, I could think of worse places to be scoped. So <laughs> Almost fine. always, right? Yeah. So, um, so it was just determined that I, I just, uh, I just had a lot of mucus on mm. my cords. Like no, mm. I thought I had nodes or something, no vocal nodes. It was just mucus and it was allergy related. Mm-hmm. So I, I will, um, you know, first thing in the morning when I blow my nose, I squirt some, uh, just saline spray, uh, which kind of cuts that I'll gargle right. my salt water. Um, you know, and, and try not to, uh, scream, uh, which, <laughs> right. you know, doesn't always work. <laughs> but, yeah. You know, not living by yourself, um, with other human beings in the house. Yeah. You know, so. Especially, I think everybody's finding it probably more of that right now with everybody home. You I know, know. We're on top of each other and nobody. <laughs> aren't we just, I just feel really uh, lucky. I think we were talking before you went live, how mm. my husband's able to work from home. Right. I'm obviously able to work from home. My son who's in high school was already set up for virtual days. Right. Uh, with a what a blessing. Laptop. What yeah. a blessing. We live, you know, within walking distance of, um, it, it's just not crowded. It's not dense. And I have a, um, I have a stepdaughter. Uh, hey, Jenny, if you're listening um, or watching, <laughs> uh, she and her husband are on Long Island. And, uh-huh. and luckily they, they live full time on a, a 400 or 500 um, uh, nature reserve. That's a summer camp in the summer. Uh, so they're pretty isolated and then they have all that space to go out. They have a five month old daughter who we're missing seeing the mm. first, first grandbaby, but, um, yeah, you know, super scary, uh, being, yeah. you know, Washington where you are, you know, yep. super scary being in certain places. Um, and so I just, we're really lucky that, um, you know, my husband, we, we ride our bikes and, and we don't go on the bike path. Uh, we don't, I just don't people pat, you know, it's cause it's, right. um, and he'll say, yeah, bike path is too crowded. And I just have to laugh because I mean, you know, <laughs> for, for us it is because we're not used to see that many people out. But you know, when you think about like walking the streets of Manhattan, um, you know, it's, it's, it's really not. <laughs> it's crazy. I find myself doing it in my car now. It's like when I drive, I'm social distancing from other cars. I'm, I'm um, like, it's hilarious. Right. You know, I catch myself right. doing it. I'm, Right. Life is yeah. weird. So, um, well, somebody asked if you have pets to talk to and you had mentioned a German shepherd earlier. I do. So- I, we have, uh, so we have two German shepherds. Um, Gertie is our eight and a half year old and she's, uh, was bred for canine guard dog, fiercely loyal, best girl in the world. Um, and then we have, uh, Leo, I wanted a dog who was a little less intense. Um, so we, he was bred for um, problem solving and temperament. And so oh, nice. he's two and he's, uh, he just wants to be in your lap. Yeah. He's just, yeah, he's in your lap and he's, um, am I hearing a siren? Oh yeah, that, sorry. It's just it's that's that's in my world. Oh, not okay. I was like, it couldn't be here in the booth, or that would be really that would weird. be really yeah. close. No, you're okay. Um, it's and then going we, down we have we have uh, two cats too. So we've got right. Mrs. Peepers and Sophie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So oh, awesome. Yeah, my yeah. dog was bred for lion hunting. He's a ridgeback, and he oh. is also fiercely protective. He wants to eat all the delivery people that come to the house and that sort yeah. of thing. Um, but he is completely, completely under the um, 
under the thumb is not the right word, but under the control of my old fat cat. Oh, <laughs> nice. Who rules him. It's, yeah. It's, so we had one more question somebody yeah. asked before we started, which was, um, what do you think is the biggest thing that people overlook or don't think about that goes into making an audiobook? Oh, wow. Yeah, I saw that one. Um, I, I think it's, um, I'm just going to speak from, uh, the, my, my perspective, I guess, uh, you know, is that I can't really say like for, uh, people who are non-performers or entertainers, but I think, I know there's a lot of people who, you know, they're starting out or they think, Hey, you know, I, I read to my kids in bed and, um, I think I'd really be good at this. And, um, <laughs> it's like students who have come to me and that's great. Cause you know, you have to start somewhere, but I, sure. I would say the training yeah. that's involved, you know, right. you just, you just can't, I mean, you can literally, um, you know, with your closet and your clothes and pillows and a laptop and a USB plug-in mic, um, and boom, you're a podcaster or boom, you're, um, you know, I mean, these days with the internet and all the different platforms, you know, sure. you're an audiobook narrator, but it's, you know, it, it really is, um, I think the better narrators, um, they have some semblance of training, right? you know, whether it's, right. um, you know, acting or uh, broadcasting, being behind a microphone, um, or, or just, I'm going to go from being a veterinarian to be an audiobook narrator. That's what I want to do now. Um, you know, just get some, get some training. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. So speaking of that, and this is the last question. Um, do you, um, do you, do you do training? You said you do sometimes. Is that something that, you know, you offer or? Yeah, not, not right now. Mm -hmm. Um, I have done, um, workshops, um, just, um, like I, what did I do? I went to one of the talent agencies in Indianapolis and did mm -hmm. uh, just kind of a, a commercial um, training event for some of their talent. Um, I've worked uh, locally here uh, at Antioch College, just doing some evening classes. Um, I When I lived in Detroit and uh, the internet and being able to audition, um, you know, out on your own from your home, that kind of started happening in the late 2000s. Uh, I noticed there wasn't a, a lot of training in Detroit. So I used to do a lot of it there. Right. Um, and I, I invited uh, people like Pat Fraley, um, Sherry Berger, who's in Chicago, uh, Pamela Lewis to come. And um, I would host them in voiceover training events at recording studios, which, you know, that was, that was a lot of fun. Um, so I have, you know, and I, and sometimes I, I go back to it, but I'm, I'm currently, I'm, I'm not, I'm, I've got a lot of audiobook work. Thankfully Yay. right now. Yeah. I, I have a lot, um, yeah, a lot going on. So, well, that's awesome. Yeah. And there's so many more. I have so many more questions, but we're already gone longer than, than I meant well, to you. We'll so have to come back and we'll, we'll have, have yeah. to, for, um, a, a borrowed life. Yeah. We'll just have to come back when that hits. Yeah. So, so yeah. yes, yes. I'm very excited we'll about again. that. Um, which is in September. So um, yeah. Speaking of borrowed life, this is world, world in COVID, right? I got my, 
I got my arcs yesterday. I'm pretty sure because I got like three boxes of something from Brilliance, but they're in my quarantine place. It's like we don't touch anything when it comes in for oh, like no. you know 48 hours. <laughs> right. So I'm sitting here looking at these boxes, going, "Yeah, I know, I know what's in there, I and I really want to see can't. you." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, Brilliance Audio. Yeah, they're they're doing. I'm uh, narrating uh, Borrowed Life for. Um, your one of your Carrie Ann King books yep. for Brilliance yep. Audio. Yeah. Fantastic. So yeah. I'm super excited about Me that. Um, thank you all for listening and those of you who thank commented you everybody. and um, for being here. And you, uh, if you're listening, you can, um, well, I'm, I will post some pictures so that you can see them if you want to hop onto Ooh. my website at uh, writeattheedge.com. And that's about it. Unless just a reminder that uh, the Carrie Schaefer uh, Shadow Valley Manor books are now, the two that exist are now both available on audio as yeah. of yesterday. And I am writing book number three. So there will be Yay! another one for you to read. Yay, Woo! I'm so excited. Something really cool happened in that book it oh always very cool oh, i can't wait very fun so it. thank you so much terry this, you, was this awesome. is awesome yeah, yeah. i love fun. getting to talk to you and see your face so yeah i know <laughs> me too me too very your cool. face yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well you know when you're on like this it always is kind of like the mirror it's like how's my hair what's it anyway, i know we, we died out so we had to do this to start out yeah i had to like i so i'm gonna put a little face on today because you know yeah. i am gonna be on camera with scary I, people yeah i have not had makeup on in two weeks i don't think so oh i know yeah. me longer me longer and my hair was like in a, i was vacuuming i was cleaning the house my hair was in a top knot i'm like oh what time is it oh, right 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 yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, well, thank you for, yeah, for, uh, for doing this you. with us. Thank you all for listening. And go do something for the writers and makers of books and audio narrators in your world. Go read a book or listen to a book and support the people who make the books you love. And right take care, be safe. And I'll be talking to you again later. Bye. Bye.